The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 4 Chapter 4 Vini beat me back to Dode's porch by a full five seconds. He had heard the clattering and commotion and was standing on the top step, rifle raised to one eye. He had the rifle pointed at us as we erupted from the weeds behind his truck. Oh, hell! It's us! Don't shoot, Dode! I screamed. Vini was dancing around me, screeching the same. Hold your fire, you old coot! Dode lowered his rifle. What in tarnation? Vini's football helmet had fallen off. Her white hair was spiked up on top of her head. Her face was red and soaked in sweat. She looked like a fat albino woodpecker. I imagined I looked just as bad. My short white hair was probably sticking straight up like a horsehair cleaning brush. My knees were rubbery and knocking together. Vini was wheezing like a broken pump organ. <laughs> It took us both a minute to recover. I stared at Vini. She looked at me. That was a skeleton, right? I, uh, think so. We were both feeling pretty sheepish. Dode stepped down and took a long look at us. You seen them ghosts, didn't you? They chasing you? He raised his rifle and swung it around at the edge of the goldenrods. He fired a couple of blind rounds into the weeds. Stray cats shot out and bounced across the yard like hairballs. We saw a skeleton, Dode, I said, my breath almost back in my body. A skeleton chased you? Dode's eyes were as big as headlights. Vini puffed up. It would have, but we hightailed it out before she could get her spirit going. Go sleep in the daytime. What diggity, said Dode. I knew them were ghosts I'd been seeing. A siren wailed. A Pawpaw County police cruiser, cherry spinning, slid into the yard, almost slamming into Dode's truck. Devin Hadabaugh, the junior officer in training, sprung out of the car. He hunched down behind the open door, his pistol drawn. He wasn't wearing a cop hat. He was wearing his customary beret, aviator sunglasses, and a tie-dyed t-shirt with a pair of denim knee-knocker shorts. His mutton-chop sideburns were bushed out like squirrel tails. He was wearing ankle boots and athletic socks. Hit the ground, he squeaked. Law enforcement, hit the ground. Vini strolled over to Devin. Put that thing away. Devin kept yelling. 
Got you ladies covered. Hit the ground. Go down. Vini walked up to him and smacked Tim up the side of his head with the butt of her BB pistol. What the bejeebers? He rubbed the side of his head with the edge of his beret. Vini peered into the cruiser. Where's Boots? We got us a ghost skeleton. We need a seasoned officer of the law to bring it in. Devin holstered his pistol. At a conference up at the courthouse, a training on emergency flood evacuations. I'm in charge, responding to all calls coming out of Nobby Waters today. Lucky us, said Vini, who saw Devin as a pimply-faced community college kid, which he was. Nobby Waters was a small town. Everybody knew everybody and their kin. Both Vini and I had seen Devin waddling around downtown with a loaded diaper a couple of decades ago. We refused to be ordered around by anyone under 50, or any man who wore a beret, for that matter. Devin reluctantly holstered his pistol. Got a call from dispatch? Said there was gunfire. Called for assistance. Back up. Dode ambled forward. That would have been me. I called when I heard the commotion from the mansion. Figured the ladies needed assistance. Didn't know how many ghosts we were dealing with. Could have been a herd of them. Devon eyed Vini cautiously. Vini squared her shoulders. You know anything at all about ghosts? No. What? Wait a minute. You call me out here because of ghosts? Sensing things were about to go from bad to worse, I intervened. We found a skeleton in the Wyatt mansion. Buried? Vini chortled. Course not. She was sitting up in a rocking chair. How long she been dead? Long enough she's all bone, no skin. I could tell by the puzzled look on Devin's face that he was trying to figure out if this sort of thing fell under his jurisdiction. The way I saw it, a dead person was a dead person. The law ought to be interested in any body or part thereof found outside of a cemetery. I said as much to Devon. Well, okay, grumbled Devon. He radioed dispatch that he had arrived on the scene at Dode's place and was going into the mansion to investigate the report of a ghost. The report of a what? Of a who? The dispatcher cackled. I could tell by the voice that it was Bitsy Gorbett and that she was enjoying this call. She was about our age, probably hated like heck that little Devin got to boss her around. You heard me, said Devin, and I ain't saying it again. His cheeks were red as peppers as he followed me and Vini and Dode through the weedy path to the house. We could still hear Bitsy cackling over his radio when we climbed in through the busted back door. When we got to the living room, the skeleton was still there, grinning up at us. Sure looks dead, said Devon as he took out his flashlight and swung it around the body. 
You reckon? said Vini. From the looks of her? I'd say she's been dead near a hundred years. He shone his flashlight on her black button-up boots. She was wearing several layers of petticoats under her dress, which looked like it might have once been made of some nice pieces of red velvet. Her hair, what little of it was left, curled from under her bonnet like rat tails. Devin squatted over the skeleton. He ran his light over the hands. No rings. He flashed light up and down the body. No jewelry of any kind. The little walkie-talkie thing mounted on Devin's shoulders squawked. It was the dispatcher still laughing. Sheriff Gibson wants to know if this here ghost call involves Ruby Jane Wascombe. I stepped up and spat at the walkie-talkie as Devin pressed the intercom button. We got us a body here, Boots, up at the Wyatt Mansion. Some static. <coughs> then Boots sighed on the other end. Course you do, Ruby Jane. Whose body is it? Don't know. Looks to be about a hundred years old. A woman? All bones, no skin, shouted Vini. Devin spoke into the intercom. What should I do, boss? Your job, said Boots. Roger, uh, what's the procedure for a skeleton, boss? Boots sighed again. Call April. I knew he meant April Trueblood, the county coroner. Don't matter how old the body is. She can inspect the scene and bag the body. They'll do an autopsy, try and get an ID, determine a cause of death. We don't do anything more unless April rules it foul play. April arrived about an hour later. She was a petite woman who never wore anything but old jeans, a sock cap, and a stained lab coat, even when off-duty. Everybody knew her because her dad, Joe, helped lead the Knobby Waters corn shuckers to a win in the Pawpaw County basketball tournament a couple of decades ago. Basketball being God's chosen sport, Joe Trueblood was, and always would be, a Knobby Waters legend. We were all sitting on Dode's porch, sipping well water and sucking on a cold, salted dish of cucumbers Dode had whipped up for us when April's white van turned into the farmhouse drive. She hopped out of the van, her medical bag in hand. Her salt-and-pepper hair flipped up over the rim of her black sock cap. It was humid, but she loved wearing that hat. Told me once it helped keep the creepy stuff and smell out of her hair when she worked. April heaped her bag and gear on the porch steps and looked around. You gals got a body for me? She was wearing square white plastic sunglasses with bright green lenses. The top corners were studded with rhinestone daisies. I would have looked silly in something so flusified, but those dime store glasses were cute as kittens on April. Vini offered to show April over to the mansion and give her the ten-cent tour of the dearly departed. I don't know who was more excited. April or Vini? April was chatting about how she'd never done a forensics analysis on just bones before. 
She'd have to call in the big guns and ghouls from the Skull and Bones Club in the medical forensics department over at Indiana University for assistance. Vini was bouncing up and down talking about ghosts, how we might need a seance to get at the real story. Dead people love to gab, she assured April. Ghosts will talk your ear off if you give them half a chance. It's lonely as hell being dead. Hard enough to get someone to pay attention to you when you're alive. I was sitting on the porch with Dode. He was sprawled out in the rocker, his long arms and legs dangling off the rocker like rubber hoses. He was dead to the world. His rifle was on the floor at his feet. His lips were puffing out air like a steam locomotive leaving the station. The ghosts had done tuckered him out. I sipped on my jar of cold well water and wondered who was going to conduct Vini's upcoming seance. I had an uneasy hunch I already knew the answer.